Hi, Explorers. Thanks for listening to Kids Who Explore Parent Edition. Come along with us as we cover all corners of raising kids in the outdoors. Hi, I'm Adriana Scori. I'm a hiking mom in the Canadian Rockies, Mama to Turner, and CEO of Kids Who Explore. I'm Lauren Rodick Eberly. I'm mom to Collins. We love being outside and exploring between our two homes in Seattle, Washington, and Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Today's podcast is sponsored by Kids Who Explore's Patch for a Purpose. Every time we see our patch out in the world, we feel the love and support behind it. Our patches can be sewn onto backpacks, jackets, bags, or even baby carriers, to name a few. Or they can be carried in your packs as special adventure items for all your little explorers. Our patch comes in eight different colors, and a dollar from each patch goes to a, you guessed it, purpose. Your support can make a difference for all of the following charity groups, depending on which color patch you want to represent. Alberta Parks, Children's Disability, BIPOC and Anti-Racism, Sick Children, The Earth, Children's Wellbeing, Anti-Bullying, and Children's Mental Health. Check out the hashtag Patch for a Purpose to see our patch and the community behind it. That's hashtag Patch, the number four, a purpose. To get your patch today, visit www.kidswhoexplore.ca. We thank you in advance for the difference you are making. Mike Chan is a dad to a two-year-old and a six-year-old. Plus, they often have their dog in tow in the outdoors. Mike is also the marketing manager for Pedalheads, which brings us great joy because we can't wait to talk about all things biking. From tips and tricks to how to get your kids learning to love the bike. Hi, Mike. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Adrienne. I'm super excited to uh, be here today. Yeah, thank you. So can you tell us a little bit more about your family and what you like to do outside together? Yeah. So like, as you said, I got two little ones two and a six-year-old turning three and seven this year. We kind of just try to find anything that gets them moving and hopefully not fighting is <laughs> actually a really common thing. But um, if it's whether or not it's going to, you know, a playground and just exploring and finding different ones that we haven't been to before, or sometimes we'll do like small little hikes. They're not like the most, uh, you know, longer trek individuals, I would have to say. Like I know my wife and I have done a lot more, but they... They get a little bit tired and a little bit more cranky, so we do a little bit shorter stuff. But we also bring our dog a lot with us and do little uh, walks around different neighborhoods and different places and trails and, uh, you know, try to get outdoors more and more so in the summertime. And as winter, we just try to play around in the snow as much as we can. And we did, we got some snow over this past little bit too. So we did a lot of tubing and we did some sledding in different places and that was a ton of fun. That's so much fun. That's great. So pedal heads isn't just about biking. Can you give us an overview on the pedal heads focus? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so pedal heads, it offers kids programming where we're located across North America, but uh, we do specifically the most known thing would be the biking. Um, but we also do swim lessons here in the, in the GBRD as well as trail riding programs. So where there are trails that we can go to, we also have a more of a program for exploration and adventure when those kids are off of their training wheels as well and can ride confidently on their own but the biking one is really the core that's the one that's located definitely Alberta definitely in like other places that we're in and all the places that we we do run and it kind of works as like a level progression type of program where you start off with like getting your kiddos to uh, that are super young, maybe between the ages of two, three, or four, um, just getting to like and getting used to their bike and then moving upwards to 
four to eight, I would say, where they're learning to ride. So maybe they're getting off those training wheels. Maybe they just, they haven't been able to not be super, super wobbly yet and learning the things about rules of the road and then progressing to be comfortable to go out on the road. So that, you know, ultimately it's all about like, so these kids can go on family rides and you can, we can all go together and um, you can get that really great experience afterwards. And I think uh, that's a lot of why a lot of parents love our programs and come to our programs. They want to get their kids riding. Are you used to getting like new families out that have never been on bikes then before? Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a combination for sure. Like there are parents who haven't had a ton of experience in either teaching their kids to ride or even ride themselves who, um, but really think of it as a life scale, something that they really want their kids to know how to do. And uh, it's something that I think we uh, provide and are able to provide that service that when, especially if they're not able to, um, have that area to be able to go ride in. Sometimes not everybody has like a, a trail nearby or um, the you know safe roads that they can go and ride on and um, and, and like a closed and contained environment where um, they can learn and, and feel comfortable and in a safe a safe place. So it, it's um it's a program that we obviously I believe in. We we definitely wanted to zone in on biking today because yeah no worries because yeah. yeah. Adrian and I both bike but. I, sh- I guess I should speak my- for myself, but I would say we aren't bikers by any means. <laughs> but my goal for my family, I have a daughter who's almost two, and my goal for our family is in the winter to become cross-country skiers. <laughs> Not downhill skiers, but cross-country skiers. And in awesome. the summer, to do more biking together as a family. So it kind of sounds like two is kind of the ideal age, you said, to start biking. I mean, yeah, we, we always encourage the earlier you can kind of get them like getting not they don't have to learn how to like they can't ride on a two-wheeler necessarily and not to say you can't like I've seen there are kids who are unbelievable like there's two to three and they're already riding around um but just like having that bike getting on it for the first time like getting being like I really like biking and just like they see their bike and they well they want to they really want to do it or they see their sibling or friend or something and they really want to be like that and and just like getting that comfort level. So like a lot of people, we, we start our programs with, you know, the two-year-old stuff where there's a parent and taught option. And then we go to one where it's not a parent and taught option, where it's a 90 minute program um, where they are either on a balance bike or they're on training wheels and they're not trying to get off training wheels. They're just getting comfortable to get that feeling of riding on a bike. And then we move on to something at the, the four-year-old age group and up where they actually, we work towards, and that's what our like a lot of our parents know us for is to get those kids off training wheels, get them riding on their own. And um, they say we do a lot of magic, but it's uh, it's, it's, it's a fun time. It's fun to get that almost like we call it kind of like the pedal heads moment internally, but it's, it's that moment when you feel like, oh yeah, the kid can go and they, they're going, they're like riding a little bit on their own for a few seconds and you can see it. You can see that progression. I feel your passion for biking. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Been here for a while. So I, I've seen, I've seen a lot of kids through. It's great. That is great. So when you have young babies, what's the best way to start riding with them? Like, would you recommend like a chariot or the seat that goes on the bike? We don't have one ourselves. I know a lot of the, our neighbors and families that I've know as well, do have that. And like, it's, it's what you feel most comfortable with. Like if you're going to be taking taking those really, really young ones, like going riding. Um, it's whatever you're feeling the most comfortable and safe with. Obviously, uh, a chariot. Chariots can't, you can, you can do that for sure. You can lob it onto the back of your bike and um, trail them around. Or if there's something, there's a little seats as well that I've seen people do when they get a little bit older and they can't sit up and they're obviously they're, they got their neck strength as well that they can go do on the very back. So it just, it really depends. Depends on the individual. I don't think I have a recommendation necessarily on when they're babies and which ones to go on. 
Okay. Bikes can be so expensive and kids grow out of them so quickly. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any suggestions to make bikes more accessible? I know that's not necessarily the pedal heads realm, but just if no. um, we, we don't even, we don't recommend necessarily when they're first learning to ride to buy a brand new bike. We absolutely don't. We say, there are a number of places. There's often like local local shops that do secondhand. There's, you can go into Facebook Marketplace or you can go into other groups that just to find those secondhand bikes. And that's totally fine. It's not about um, having the best bike necessarily. Um, though, like if I was giving a recommendation on bikes, um, lighter is, is, is nice for the kids and uh, making sure the bike isn't too large for them as well. So that uh, oftentimes, as you said, like you, you want them to grow into this bike because they're super expensive and stuff, but it's way better to get them like secondhand to pass me on down bike that is actually better for their size. Um, and uh, that's how I, that's how my daughter learned to ride. She had really wasn't the best bike necessarily, but it was just, uh, it was the right size for her. We got her riding. Um, you know, it was, it was the way that I thought we should go. And then she grew out of that real fast. And then, you know, that was an opportunity to then get maybe a, a little bit of a nicer bike. And then she's, she's just into biking all the time, but it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things I don't ever recommend when they're first learning necessarily, because I know it costs a ton of money. And then, um, I just say parents just to get the right size is more important. Okay. Do you have any quick tips? Like when you're choosing a starter bike, um, mm -hmm. is it true? Like you mentioned the training wheels and then you have the yeah. balance bike. Is there one preference over the other or just kind of what works for what? Family? Yeah, I, I actually think it, they're, they both have their benefits. So like, honestly, having, you could, what I would often say is like, you could start with a balance bike and get them gliding and getting that feeling that is like a, one of the key things, even when we have bikes that are on two wheelers that we're like making the kids push off with their feet and then they lift them up a little bit and they get the feel that motion of gliding. That's such a key, key feeling for them to have and that, and that for that balance portion of it. But then the second part of like riding is, is really getting that pedaling motion that they're going to be getting. So, um, having a bike that is a two-wheeler and it could have training wheels it doesn't necessarily have to have training wheels as well but um getting to work on and if they don't have training wheels then you're probably going to be able to hold them up a little bit while they're doing that pedaling but you know getting them to feel how that feels is the next set and then when you combine the two that's when we can really get them going um so that's really a great progression for us we do that a balanced biker program as well as a what we call the trikes and trainers so it does one one of the skills in each and so it's it, once you do kind of the combination you're pretty ready to get going in our level one program to learn how to ride. oh i'm so glad you talked about that because i got a strider bike for my daughter so that's the balance bike and we're in an apartment here so we're literally just hopping on it in the apartment totally back and forth yeah yeah i love it it's uh i've seen some like little races online before of kids who just like rip around on those things like so fast and it's uh it's, it's super fun it's super fun for them when they get to get going yeah okay so but then now it's making it sound like after she's done with that which i know is a yep. while down the road yep. should i be getting something that then has training wheels so i shouldn't you go you can or you can't you don't have to you can like so for our program like when you enter into like the level one for us we um have kids who come both on training wheels or without it depends if you if you put the training wheels on it just so that you're not holding on to them and they can just work on that pedaling and but if you don't want to put the training wheels on you can do that as well and you can just have them work on that pedaling feeling but just holding them up so they can feel that but the the balance bikes are really great for just getting that balance gliding feel um you can do that as well without a balance bike too you could get them just to 
get that feeling by pushing off and, and having that seat low enough so that they can feel that feeling. So. Okay. I feel like all the teachers probably have some like secret how to not have a score <laughs> back when they're holding the kids up because that is, I feel like the number one complaint. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, so um, yeah, we just, uh, for us, it's like every kid learns a little differently. Confidence building is so key. Like building that trust with the instructors is so important. Like it, it's one of those things that when they see it in their in an environment, that's maybe different than obviously like, you know, my, my daughter's don't listen to me nearly as well as like somebody else. <laughs> like, like if they're doing like swimming lessons, like the instructor asks them to do something, like they'll do it. They, I ask them to do it. It's like pulling teeth or something like that. So it's like it's a it's that different environment. Well, it probably helps seeing other kids doing it at the same. Hundred percent. Right? Just like yeah, hundred percent. Okay, so let's talk helmets for a second. Helmets are something you should never get secondhand. Is that right? Yeah, there's um there are a number like we have like the four S's that are on there. So it's like there's strap there's like and we can always if you ever look at our youtube page or whatever we have like videos on just how to look at it but like there is like the strap there's a sticker on there on how old it would be we often recommend them to do a shake when they have it onto their head as well to see if it's like moving or not we often recommend and this is just because there's so many helmets out there um, a helmet with a retention system on the back of it um, and the reason we do that is just because then you can like loosen or tighten according to the child's head and it'll fit them better and it'll be safer for them when they're actually riding so it's just um that's always our recommendation that's always the helmets that we say are better because we've seen some crazy helmets if you have your two fingers above and the helmet's like way back or something like that it just it, it, you can tell, you can tell almost immediately when the helmet's not fitting properly. And I know every kid wants to get, oh, the super spiky helmet or the watermelon helmet or something that like that just looks really cool, but it might not be the best fitting helmet for that kid. I have so. wondered about those hats or those helmets. Yeah. I, myself, I don't know. If those yeah. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's more about what will fit them directly. Like you, if you, when we go through the whole, like we check all the pieces of it, like we check the strap, we check, obviously we give the shake, we see how far down it, is the helmet moving up and back or, or not. And, um, if it's just doing all of the different pieces, uh, it'll work, but it's just like the retention systems I've always found, like when you have them, we can always make them the right size for the kid's head. Um, it's just, you know, that's why we always recommend it. And it doesn't mean that other helmets won't work. It's just those ones always work, it seems. And we want to make sure the kids are safe when they're riding. Okay. Yeah. And I love that tip. I know people won't be able to see our video from the podcast, yeah. but you're saying that you don't want just the helmet protecting the back of the head. You want it protecting the forehead. So the well, yeah, there's a portion of it. Just It just has to fit perfectly. So you should be able to put those two fingers just above, um, just above your, like, your eyebrows. Yeah. Be able to see. yeah. And if it, if there's that, if there's way more or it's way over the other way too, it also isn't fitting properly. So it just... Oftentimes what we've seen, we've seen helmets of all sorts like over the, over the years, but like sometimes the worst helmets are the ones that are like tilting completely off because they're just like, they're taking their older siblings helmet or something that just doesn't fit them at all. And you know, it's just wobbling. It's not, it's not protecting them in right. any way. It's just there. So it's, uh, it's just important that we have uh, properly filling helmets for all these kids. Okay. And I know people are recommending to me for my daughter for a starter helmet, the gyro scamp. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but that's the one yeah. for her. Do yeah. you have any particular recommendations for like an exact helmet? Or oh, I mean, like we, we've used like Louis Garneau helmets that we, like our company sells and we have like custom ones that we've um, done. <laughs> as long as it, it fits properly, it doesn't necessarily matter which one. It's just as long as it's like, we do the check and it looks and it's fitting, um, then you're good. If it's not, then that's when I would be like, 
go and look for a new helmet, um, look for one with a retention system. So it's not one brand or another, it just, it has that in there. And you can actually just, if you're in the store and you're like going with them, do it like, like maybe follow one of our videos and see what the test would be, have them try it on see if it actually fits. And if it works, then that's the one that you might want to buy. Okay. Yeah. You know what? I'll link up in the show notes, the video that you yeah, have for sure. That for sure. We have, I think we have another video as well about all the stuff I was mentioning on, um, just kind of getting the, that gliding motion as well and some games and activities that you can, and parents can do with their kids too. So it's not just, not just us. <laughs> oh, fantastic. <laughs> Wonderful resources. That's great. So for our families today that are listening, that aren't familiar with biking, mm -hmm. uh, what would you recommend to them just getting started being brand new to biking? Don't feel intimidated about it. It's supposed to be fun. Like biking is a fun, like family activity. It's really great for exploring and just getting out there and, and off of screens and just getting together. So like, and even if you haven't road yourself doesn't mean that your kids can't as well like we there are many ways to get them riding um don't feel like an impediment will be like you have to have that like super expensive bike as well like it's bikes there's lots of ways to get different types of bikes it's just a matter of like getting that activity and love in there and I think like it's such a it's such a nice life skill to have for kids um and as they grow up they'll just appreciate having that and they get older. So I'm so curious, have you always loved biking or did your love for the bike come from your work? I mean, like, I would say my love's probably higher now than, I, than I've been in Paddleheads than maybe it was. Like, I definitely um, did bike and I, 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 do, I do bike just to like more for leisure. And I'm not like a big triathlete or something like that, but I'll like, I'll do bikes around. We have this thing called like the seawall in Vancouver. And so there's, that's a really nice, like casual bike ride you can do, or if it's just a commute from office to home, that's another way. And this, just getting out there is nice, um, fresh air before you start your day is a nice thing. I often will try to ride more when it's the summer myself, but Right. Oh, I yeah. love that seawall bike too. I've had the <laughs> pleasure. Like, yeah. Nice. Yes. Do your kids love biking too? My daughter, my daughter, definitely. Um, the old, my oldest, she like, we bike together now because like she's, well, I, I, I did teach her myself. Like I, I had enough skills of knowledge, I guess, <laughs> how to maybe do it without, um, but I, she's also gone through the program as well. And um, she's able to road ride as well and knows her hand signals and it's been, it's been really great. And she really likes the program too. So, so we off, we, again, but we probably don't bike too much in the winter. It's just a bit slick, but when we get into the summertime, we definitely go out a lot more and, and ride together because, um, there's some nice little trails that are pretty fun and easy for us to just get onto pretty quickly. So we will go do that together. Actually, My youngest daughter still needs to. She hasn't got on yet. Well, I'm going to get her onto a, a probably a run bike or, uh, or just getting her moving a little bit. She's, she's almost three. She's a little more sassy. I would say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I'll decide when I'm I'll decide ready. when I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> that actually just made me think, is there any ways for people to ride safer on a bike in the winter? If they choose to do so, there must be some like winter tires or something like that. Um, yeah. Like I, I don't know, actually, like I, I, I know that there, there are people that still do, um, you know, I just be, I'm always just the one of just being extra safe whenever, um, whenever you're out there. For us here recently, we had this big, like for Vancouver, Vancouver standards of snow <laughs> and, and ice, and we were slipping around a little bit. And I know that it got darker a lot quicker. So it's more for me, it's like, if you are going to go out there, just make sure you have the right, like, gear or just like reflective wear so that people can see you and 
um, that uh, if you are riding, just know your routes pretty well and, and just watch out for um, traffic that if you're on those roads, just because it is a little darker and a little, a little wetter. I would say it's a little wetter in the wintertime, especially here in Vancouver. Oh, thanks for mentioning that, but reflective gear, that's also just a very good tip for kids, especially once they start riding Definitely. with like to and from their friends' houses alone yeah. or something yeah. like that. Yeah, for sure. Did you want to mention anything else about the Pedalhead programs for kids? Yeah. I mean, as I mentioned, like, it's, uh, like, I definitely think for us, it's really about like having that, that feed over for families to kind of like keep building those skills and keep wanting to do riding with the kids. It's not just, we're, we're maybe a part of it and a fun portion in their summer for like that one week, two weeks, uh, kind of piece of it. And, um, we really just want, uh, to families to just continue to keep that joy of riding going with the, uh, with their kids even when they come out of our programs but like definitely consider us as well like if you've ever had struggles and I think a lot of us have had struggles with our kids not listening or whatever and wanting a different environment to, to consider and look us up a little bit on, on some of the programs that we have. Okay and you said all throughout North America and yeah we like we're in Canada we're um BC Alberta Ontario Quebec in the states we are in uh, Washington State Oregon Colorado um Illinois coming to Texas, uh, the DMV region, and in Massachusetts as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we're in, a, we're in a number of places. So like we're, we're all over. Um, lots of kids come through the program. We've had hundreds of thousands of kids come through this program. So it's like, we've done this a lot. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. know how to get kids right. Yeah, we, we've done it for a while. We've been around for a while. So. so where can people find you specifically, or if not you, just Pedalheads to learn more? I'll link yeah, all of it. Yeah, um, you can just go to pedalheads.com. You can find our website is directly there. You can you can follow us on social again at Pedalheads. Um, we run Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, you can go onto our YouTube page again, youtube.com slash pedalheads. And it's just, you can find some more uh, resource material from us as well. I'm going to be watching all the videos now to get my lighting <laughs> in the apartment. <laughs> Same here. All right. So we are going to end with our final three questions. In the last few months, what was your best purchase under $100? Yeah. So like um, uh, during Christmas break, uh, we did some tubing over by Cypress Mountain. So uh, my my oldest, Natalie, she is just old enough now to go and do it. So got some tickets to go to go up on the tubing. And that was like super fun. Um, such a good time. She enjoyed herself so much. And um, I had a I had a great time. I love tubing. I love it. It's a blast. Like the next one will be skiing or snowboarding for her, but we'll just tubing was great. Like, so that was definitely in the last few months, like one of the better purchases for under hundred dollars for sure. I'm so glad you've enjoyed the little stint of winter that you got to have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got to enjoy it. Just like, well, last for like those couple weeks, just go and go out there. Take it in. Yeah. Can you share a book, show or podcast recommendation right now? Sure. Yeah, I'll do. Uh, I'll do one of each. Let's um, for the book, we'll do a kid's book. Um, anything from like the Mo Willems, like Elephant and Piggy series are like amazing yeah. to read with kids. Like we've been like my daughter she's in grade one now so we've been like you know swapping off she often likes to be piggy and i'll be like elephant <laughs> like, like gerald the elephant and we'll just kind of like go back and forth with that it's a great it's a great book we like there was there's anything from that series is great like we were reading um we are in a book and that one's super fun they're like really cute cute um stories to read and i think it's really helpful it's when they're first learning to read as well to like practice and do something like that so that was be yes. one of the book recos um i really love 
the shows. Um, I'm, I'm watching Ted Lasso right now. It's, it's awesome. It was such a great, such a great fun show as well. Podcast wise, probably a little, not not as like funny or um, one I recently listened to was one called uh, Finding Cleo. And I don't know if you've ever heard of it before, but it was, uh, it, it, it talks about like indigenous stories. And it also has this this one um, girl who they were trying to find over these number of years. And it's such a, it's a, like, it's not quite a true crime podcast per se, but it's a, it's a very heart heartfelt and like it, it it is difficult and parts to listen to but I think it's super important to hear those stories yes I binge that one because once you start listening your heart is just wrenching yeah your heart is just like that last the last episode of it is like oh man like I was you know it was a tearjerker for sure right so anyways a good, a good one <laughs> all great recommendations thank you if there was no time or money limit where would you travel or explore next and this was probably like not with the kiddos as probably, but like me and my wife would love to, like if there was no money limit and COVID restrictions were all done, we would probably want to go to like Bora Bora or something like that and and just get something super beachy, super warm, super like that would be, that's the kind of stuff we like to get to in the summertime for exploring is just like something with the beach. And uh, that would be amazing if we could. But if we can't get onto a beachy thing, maybe just hopping over to like, little islands we have a lot of islands around the mainland that you can go to on like a ferry ride away and and those are just really good for like little one day trail treks or whatever and those are nice yes you're in such a good spot to adventure with the water yeah for sure yeah definitely <laughs> oh nice okay well thank you so much for being on today this is so helpful so many great tips for people to take away and i'm gonna be <laughs> using all <laughs> yeah thanks so much for having me appreciate it thanks for adventuring with us Please subscribe and share your love by reviewing our podcast with five stars and follow us over at Kids Who Explore on Instagram and all other social media platforms. This podcast is produced by KP Media Productions.